Welcome to another episode of The Shift with Elena Agar. In this episode, we sit with Alex Seleznev. He is a financial and retirement planning professional and also the founder of Capital Squared Financial. Alex shares insights into the importance of early financial planning, as well as principles of investing. This conversation also touches on the cultural and societal taboos around money and the key role of financial literacy. I really enjoyed having this conversation with him because financial literacy is not something we often learn when we're younger. At least I didn't learn it. If you did, kudos to you, because I know many people do not learn it at an early age. So I really appreciate having these conversations. Hopefully young people out there are listening. Furthermore, Alex provides some candid advice about entrepreneurship and his own journey and how does he balance it all. He's a father of two, a husband, a son, and a friend. So his ability to just manage it all and balance it in, in, in such a good way and continue to grow his business is a story on its own. And I think it's admirable. So enjoy the chat. Alex, welcome to the Shift Podcast. Oh, thank you, Alina. Great to be here with you. I know. It's a long time coming. I'm really excited to talk about the topic of finances. It's, it is a topic that I come to learn probably way later in life than I should have. But I'm, I'm, we're going to talk about that because being from Russia, um, as you know, it's not something we talk about proactively. It's more of like, eh, it's, we just kind of go one day at a time. So I'm, <laughs> I'm curious to touch base <laughs> on that. Well, but I will immediately say even here in the U.S., it is certainly not the most popular topic. It's, you're right. It's perhaps more popular, not that I have any research to back it up that, you know, outside of the U.S., yeah. but still, I know so many, you know, parents who wish their children would be more involved, you know, from from the younger age, but that just doesn't seem to happen frequently. Yeah. It's, it's, it's quite interesting. We'll get into all that, but uh, before we get into it, share with me like a pivotal moment that inspired you to establish Capital Squared Financial, which is your company now. And, you know, uh, how, how did it all come about? Oh, well, absolutely. I mean, this was one of those, I would say, classic moments in my life. I can't quite pinpoint the exact timing, but let's say, you know, two years ago, when I realized that what I really want to have is a boutique style firm that focuses exclusively on the financial needs of its clients. And I know it may sound somewhat generic, you know, to some people outside of the industry, but that's not the most common approach, again, in the financial industry. There are shareholders, internal and external, and very frequently, you know, the actual client needs, they're not necessarily of the top importance. So that's, that's my objective. We're very much client-centered from that perspective. Nice. And so talk to me a little bit about this notion of retirement planning and how early is too early? How late is too late? Is there such a thing? Like what, you know, what should people care? Well, it's certainly never too late to start thinking about it and hopefully planning for your eventual retirement. I'll say in this ideal world, I would want people to at least start thinking about that a little bit once they graduate from college and presumably get their first job. I remember doing a lot of um, in-person seminars pre pre-COVID and one of them was about you know young young professionals. So and specifically at this point in 2023, you can get started by you know, opening an account. I'm, I'm not going to mention any names of the brokerages, but most people know them. And you can start with as little as $25 per month. So that's mm -hmm. all you really need to get started. Now, in terms of when you should really start thinking about that, I would say late 40s to early 50s. Um, and I'm not trying to be you know, overly dramatic here, but sometimes there's that point of no return when people wait 
to their early 60s and then they reach out to someone like myself and say, well, you know what, Alex, uh, we want to retire next year and I can certainly do an assessment for them. But in terms of the actual planning, well, it's going to be challenging because there's really not that much time left. But, you know, short answer is, of course, the sooner, you know, start thinking about it, the better. Mm. You mentioned something, you know, that to get started, you don't even need more than like $25 a month. Because I think that's a lot of the things that people, what, where they stop themselves, like, well, you know, I don't have the money. So it's this misconception, like, I don't have the money. But ultimately, it sounds like it's about this incremental small little compound compound investments, right? So talk to me a little bit more about that. Like where's the, you know, how does that all compile into a larger sum, I guess? It's time value of money. So uh, I'm not sure if many people heard about it, but that's perhaps one of the most important concepts when it comes to investing. It's really not so much about the market performance. That's, you know, the technical part and you can always optimize it for your specific needs, but it's how long you, how, how long you stay in the market. So um, to say this differently, and don't quote me on that, but it's going to be really close. It is actually very easy to become a millionaire. Believe it or not, it's very easy. All you need to do is you need to start with $25 per month. You need to invest in S&P 500 and do so for the next 27 years. That's all there is, and you become a millionaire. Now, there are a lot of studies, actual studies on the subject, but when you start early, again, let's say in your 20s or let's say in your early 30s, you don't necessarily need to contribute that, ma- that much, maybe not $25. It's going to be in the hundreds usually compared to waiting to your 40s or perhaps even early 50s when you really need to catch up. And usually we, we start talking about you know, thousands in terms of monthly savings to really accomplish your goals. So it's, it's very important to start as early as possible. Hmm. That's interesting. And now I feel like we need to end this podcast and I need to go and invest real quick. <laughs> There's nothing <laughs> I can reach a million. Um, uh, no, that's that's really powerful. And I think a lot of, um, I, I mean, speaking for myself, at least a lot of young people don't think about that. And, um, you know, as I was mentioning earlier, uh, it feels like there's a cultural cultural and also societal thing about money that doesn't make us feel comfortable to talk about money. Uh, also, we don't know, you know, we're just not educated about money at an early age. And, you know, in Russia, we're definitely not educated about money in early age. It's like, I mean, still, I mean, I, I know people that are in their 50s and 60s are like, oh, it's okay, we'll figure it out tomorrow. We're just going to spend every all the money Oof. we have today. We will figure it out tomorrow. It's okay. Right. And I see this, you know, to your point, like even I grew up in, in the States um, and um, it's not a topic that's talked about. And I wonder your thoughts on that. Like, what do you think it is that makes it so uncomfortable to talk well, about money? Or maybe I'm just talking, to, maybe I'm just in the wrong circles. I don't know. <laughs> well, it's, it, it's interesting. I would entirely agree with you. Um, I happen, and I know it may sound strange, but when I work with, you know, new clients who reach out to me, uh, we rarely talk about money. It sounds strange, but that's usually not how you start a conversation. You start by saying, well, what is your vision? What are you envision yourself 5, 10, 15 years down the road? What is important for you? And it's amazing what you're going to hear. For some people, they say, you know what? I absolutely love what I do for a living. Let's say I'm an attorney. I'm a doctor. I want to continue doing this for as long as possible. But eventually, I want to make sure that I'm in a position where I can no longer do that or really scale scale down. So for them, it's not about retirement. They just mm-hmm. want to make sure that eventually it becomes work optional. Sometimes it's the opposite. Sometimes people say, well, you know what? 
sure, I'm, I'm with this great company, but I've been doing this for the past 20, 25, 30 years. I'm done. Just I just need to know the amount. I need to know the date. And that's that's pretty much you know what I want to happen. But the point I'm really trying to make in terms of you know my firm's approach and how I've been doing this for the past what, almost 16 years now, it's about having a plan. That's that's the most important idea. I'm obviously biased. I'm a financial planner. I believe that everyone needs to have a plan in place. For many people, though, it can easily fit on a single sheet of paper. It doesn't have to be a complex, you know, projection with you know 17 scenarios. It you know needs to be the case in some situations, but for most people, especially if we're starting, we're talking about saving some for the future. You need a one pager, you need a cohesive plan, and you need to implement it. That's all there is. You make it sound so easy. <laughs> but it truly, it truly is. I mean, you see, that's again. I I, I know there's a lot of information out there and sometimes it's confusing, you know, this option, that option, 10% return, 15% return. But for an average person, I don't mean for everyone, but mm. I mean, for an average person, you know, a one page plan will probably do the job. Now, the, the trick here, again, is you, you need to be consistent. Mm. If you, okay, if you meet with someone like myself, you have a great conversation, you implement the plan and you never look at your finances again, for the next five to 10 years, well, you kind of wasted your time. That's, that's essentially, you know, what, what happened. You need to do it periodically. Usually annually is enough. If your situation, again, is more complex, I would say reviewing and adjusting every six months would potentially be more beneficial, but at least annually. So mm -hmm. that's, that's important. Uh, so a lot of my audience are, I, I think, based on last statistics, are kind of in their 30s, 40s, that sort of age group. So what are some what are some biggest mistakes you see people make? Maybe one of it is not investing soon enough, but what are some other things that or you hear that are just, you know, you hear from clients and you're like, that's not true, like myths around investments or around, you know, retirement planning, you know, for people in their 30s and 40s? Well, so I understand exactly what, what you're saying. So one of the not so much mistakes, but one of the ways to, in some sense, fix the problem is to pay yourself first. See what many people do, and specifically in this category, well, let's say, let's say, hopefully in their 30s, in their early 40s, they start making good money, it's, you know, or more yeah. than they used to, you know, five, 10 years ago. And that's great. Then you have this issue of the so-called lifestyle creep, mm -hmm. where the more money you make, you know, the more you start spending. And in some sense, it's a never ending issue. Now, believe it or not, I don't have a problem with that. You know, I you never judge what my clients want to do with their own money. I mean, that's they work hard for it. But I, what I like to say is, well, pay yourself first. Well, what does that mean? So let's say you've determined that you need to save X dollars for the next, you know, Y number of years. Well, save first in the beginning of the uh, month or, or no, right after you get paid, let's say it happens, you know, bi-weekly or whatever other frequency, and then spend the rest of it. It's amazing how you think about it, such a simple concept, but that can really solve the problem because you no longer think about, you know, how much should I save each month? No, no, no. You save first and then whatever is left, you go and enjoy yourself. Hmm. So that's, again, one of the solutions to, to many issues, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I think I like your point about, um, you know, enjoy yourself, because I think there's a lot of, 
you know, financial advice out there. And it's all about like, you know, just, just save everything and don't spend anything. But it's like, well, you know, we're not guaranteed tomorrow. So you want to have a balance. You want to have a balance where you are, are enjoying the fruits of your labor, right? Especially in your thirties and forties, while you have the energy and all of that, but at the same time being smart about it. So I like that, have, kind of having that balance. And, and it does seem like I'm, I'm in my mid thirties now, closer to 40, but uh, I'm in my mid thirties now. And I see that, you know, it's, the mentality changes because it's like, oh, like finally you get a little bit more comfortable in your finances. You get a little bit more smarter. You're not, you know, you know what you want. You want to, you know, what brings you joy when it comes to spending. Right. And I think that's, um, it just comes with time. And I always admire young people in their twenties that just got it all down and figured out because I was definitely not that. Well, again, there, there are some people like that. Again, I wish there were more. Now, one, one other thing I'll say just kind of came, came to mind. So mm-hmm. people tend to reach out to me, I'd say, more frequently at the end of the year, year-end mm-hmm. planning and all of that. And usually that's around the time where they get their bonuses. I'll just mm-hmm. call them bonuses, you know, distributions, whichever way you want to call it. So for those of your listeners who don't necessarily want to do the whole planning piece, you know, that's mm-hmm. fine too. Um, I would say a third should be saved, a third should be kept for taxes, and the third of it, just go ahead and spend it. Mm-hmm. So you got a $10,000 bonus. You, I mean, I'm, I'm certainly not the one who would you know, normally say, oh, let's save all of it, because that kind of defeats the purpose. It's like you worked so hard, you earned some extra money, you want to enjoy yourself, but at the same time, look, if you don't save any of it, and if you don't set aside anything for taxes, that's going to be a headache in the short run, you know, three, four months from now. And in the long run, you're not really maximizing your opportunities. Hmm. So there's that shortcut too. Yeah. I'm curious also, you as an entrepreneur, so you have kind of, you know, decided to start this thing. What has been, I guess, what is what are some things you wish somebody would have told you when you started in this journey of just like launching your own thing? And I know you've started a couple of different things in the past and You've always had that entrepreneurial kind of bug in you. But what has been the first question, I guess, would be what are some things you wish you knew before going full on? And then what are some things that you learned about yourselves through this journey? So this is is such a great question. But again, for for those who who are listening, this is the second launch. Um, so the first one happened essentially 10 years ago. So I learned a lot from from that. So. You know, there was a lot of things that in some sense they're already in place mm-hmm. prior to for, to the launch of, you know, Capital Squared. Now, one thing, and I feel like that's what pretty much everyone shared with me, sometimes you underestimate or overestimate how long certain things take. Like it took me longer than I anticipated, even though I thought it would take, you know, several months to promote and market my new firm. And it's not that I, I don't think I admitted any of the steps, but it's like each meeting, you meet with someone, oh, John, I've known you for the past you know, five years. You've been in my network. I want to reintroduce myself. Well, that takes three hours. So then next thing you know, you, know, you reach out to your connections, and I happen to have quite a few, and that consumes a lot of your time. Because yeah. you know? again, it, it takes years to accumulate all those connections. And then when you start reaching out to them over a relatively short time period, you realize how long it takes. So that Mm -hmm. was one of the things. The opposite is also true. So when I was talking with people, they kept telling me how long the administrative part would take, but that is just not true. And there are some people who 
are not capable of delegating effectively. They just want to control every single part of their work day or their business. I mean, that's going to be a nightmare. If you mm-hmm. like, if you want to control every single piece, but if you effectively delegate, and of course you have to oversee those pieces, um, it becomes much easier. So, so far, again, it's been, I launched on August 4th. So that's, it's been what, four and a half months. Let's just make it five months or so. It's been quite smooth since yeah. then. Yeah, well, it's 10, 10 years in the making, essentially, right? Like that's like, it all comes together. Like, and I think that's the point. Like a lot of people think it's like this overnight thing, but you know, you have that history, you have that knowledge, that base, right? Well, of your experience. I, I will say this, and again, I, I'm not sure how it would apply to different industries, but I will say in finance, accounting, anything that relates to, to the numbers, it's much more about your technical skills, your, your experience, because if you have those components in place, the only you know, missing piece, which I, I understand is big, is your desire to launch your own firm in my case. Truth be told, I mean, I know, I'm gonna say several people who decided to launch their own firms, you know, similar background to my own, but they just didn't have those connections. They didn't have the technical skills necessary. So some of them, they're still struggling. Some of them, you know, they basically said, look, we're just going to merge in with a much larger firm and that's going to be the end. They're still successful in their own way, but in some sense, they were not well prepared for it again from that technical or professional perspective. Mm -hmm. So what are some biggest lessons you learned about yourself in this journey? Well, uh, how, how hard and how you know, how long I can work. <laughs> That's, uh, that, that was quite a me. I mean, you know, in the prior positions, yeah. you know, eight, 10, 12 hour days, that was, that was the norm essentially. So again, it, it kind of um, teaches you that, but then again, you launch and, you know, you're on your own, even though again, there are plenty of other resources that are available. You realize that for the first few, maybe several months, you, you really need to be fully committed. Um, one of the issues, again, back to maybe your previous question, and I'm really monitoring that at this point, I've heard from other people that you know burnout is a big issue, mm-hmm. right? So you launch, you're super excited about it, and let's say you're successful, but then at some point you realize, well, how long will you be able to sustain it? So what I've been doing, you know, really focusing on that is creating boundaries for myself. So anytime, you know, we're in a busy season, season, let's put it that way, I'm all in, but then outside I have to create those boundaries. Mm-hmm. So you don't end up in a situation when you work for, again, 12, 14 plus hour days in perpetuity, because again, burn down is a, yeah. um, is a major issue. Yeah. You no, know, absolutely. And, and I can only imagine because you're also a husband and a father of two and being able to balance all of that. Like, do you have a routine that you follow that keeps you in check besides setting boundaries? Like, is there anything else that you're doing to like manage that energy? Well, well absolutely. Now we start talking about, you know, personal things. So uh, I play tennis, which mm-hmm. is great. It's, it's a great sport because it's active. And, you know, essentially what I do <laughs> all day long, I sit in my chair. That's, you know, one way of describing it. So you really need something else to kind of take your mind off. I joined a uh, uh, paddle league. Uh, most people probably didn't even know what it is, but it's a you know platform tennis. It's a mix between squash and tennis, so I'm part of that league too. Oh, it's like the so, uh, the this one, the table tennis. No, 
Is it not no. table tennis and it's was. not um, a pickleball. Again, okay. most people wouldn't know it. So you play in a cage, essentially, on the platform. Oh, oh okay. It's, I think I know. It's like up against the wall? Uh, that's squash. That's squash. Never mind. Never mind. So that's I what I mean. It's, it's kind of like a combination of tennis and squash, but it's active. You play outside in any weather. All right. And it doesn't matter if it's raining, if it's snowing, if it's windy or whatever else. You only play outside. And I, again, I have a lot of friends in the area, so I try to get out. But like, like you said, it's, it's a balancing act. At any mm -hmm. point in time, you have to realize, well, at least for someone like myself, I plan to do this for the next 20, hopefully 30 years. And you have to have a model. I'm not talking about your business model, but I'm talking about your routine that is sustainable. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's super important to keep moving. Yeah. Do you have a standing desk or you're like, you're more of a sitting down kind of guy? So I try to take break. Interesting point you're making. I, I thought about that, but then it just in some sense never happened. But maybe at some point in the future, I'll transition to that. I try to take more breaks throughout the throughout the day. The way I structure it, I usually have one or two meetings in the morning. Works mm -hmm. better for me. And then in some sense, in the second part of the day, I kind of finish whatever tasks I have. And then I would take two to three breaks. Um, they can be up to an hour sometimes, but usually not that long to really break my day. That yeah. helps a lot. So what are you most excited about in 2024? You're five months in now. What are some like things that are not secrets that you can share with us? Or well, this, these are not necessarily <laughs> secrets, but this, this is part of the business plan. Again, so Capital Square is meant to be a boutique style firm. So I've been actively in active conversations with other professionals in our area and actually outside of our area, since it doesn't really matter at this point where you physically located. So I very much hope that we'll add a partner next year. I mean, I, mm -hmm. I don't want to say in three, six or nine months, I don't have that specific time frame, but in terms of the next steps, it's the idea to add a partner with complementary skills, but very importantly, with a similar vision. Because mm -hmm. that's, again, what I learned, you know, that's one of the biggest issues when you have partners and you can have very complementary skills, sure. But when the vision, when the long-term vision is um, different, may not work well in the long run. So it's, it's important that that really matches. Hmm. So. Um, I know you have a really wonderful newsletter that I think everybody should sign up for and I'll share all your details um, because I think it's very impactful. Like it's very short to a point. Uh, you give a lot of tips, a lot of insights. And again, for somebody like myself who, you know, in recent years started to be like, oh, financial literacy and oh, there's this retirement planning and all of that. So I think it's super, super helpful. Uh, and I know you do these wonderful um, webinars as well. Where do you hang out at the most? Like where can people get in touch with you? How can they join some of these events that you're hosting? Also, the best source for most you know, up-to-date information is our website. So it's uh, csqfinancial.com. Okay, since you're allowing me to advertise here, yes, I mean, that's, that's really the website. So people can, of course, check out what we do, learn more about, you know, myself and our services. At the very bottom of the first page, people can sign up for the newsletter. And um, I really appreciate you, appreciate the comments you just made, because that's the whole point. It's every Wednesday at 7.30 a.m. 
and the idea is to give you something useful mm-hmm. that hopefully you'll remember, like that, that you know, nugget of information. So it's mm-hmm. not meant to be a, a white paper that someone is going to sit down and read for hours. Plus, I'm going to say more often than not, there's also a video. Mm-hmm. So, you know, some people are different. Some, they prefer to read. Maybe they're, I don't know. They're just sitting down having a cup of coffee. Other people, I don't know, maybe they're in the metro and they just prefer to watch a video. So I do both. And also on the website, we we have an events tab where we promote our future events. We always have something happening, um, at least monthly, well, every couple of months, let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a lot of great information on the website. Yeah, and you know what I appreciate about the the kind of short form is that um, it might be for somebody who's listening who again, if you're me a few years ago and you're like, I don't know where to start. I think just once you you once you have all these different nuggets and it kind of just like planting seeds, and eventually it all comes into something. That's what I appreciate about these kind of really to a point newsletter like yours because it's like all of that information eventually it all comes together, right? So it's kind of just like and it's nice reminders and nice kind of um, what's the word like triggers to be like oh okay so it's continuous reminders and I think it's really interesting to that you know I, I, my audience knows I'm all about like in, small increments and changes habits and I think that's what helps and it's it's and when it's short and to a point you're like oh it just takes a minute read through it but it's on top of your mind constantly so you're always encouraged to think about your finances and your future and then next thing you're like okay well maybe I need to talk to Alex and maybe I need to set this up and so on I think that's a um, that's a beautiful way to kind of share knowledge and information and uh, continue to, to grow the brand as well. So kudos on that. I appreciate you saying that. Again, I, I spend a lot of time on the newsletter, but I will say this back to you know what we discussed earlier. I think of it as part of my ecosystem. I'm mm-hmm. not sure if that's the best way of describing it, but I read a lot on the subject, obviously. I present and usually it doesn't actually take that long to just draft the newsletter. I mean, it mm-hmm. takes some time. Uh, and again, it's part of everything else we do. So from that perspective, again, if someone subscribes, if someone gets involved, they'll soon realize that there's much more than those, you know, newsletters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so absolutely. Um, I'm going to make sure to share all of that in the notes. But my last question for you that I ask every guest on this podcast is what is one question you wish people would ask themselves more often? Well, again, talking about you, talking with a financial guy here. So I, I wish people asked themselves more frequently what it, what it would look like for them over the next five, 10, or hopefully 15 years. Because, mm-hmm. you know, again, there's that whole short-term idea. I want to focus on the now, which is important. For many people, it's important. But again, as you progress in your career, you start thinking more about your finances. And I wish people you know, were thinking more about the future because it's so much easier, so much easier to achieve your financial goals. And I, um, I apologize for this cliche statements. When you have more time on your side. Versus mm-hmm. when you wake up one morning and say, okay, I'm sick and tired of what I do. Let me go see Alex and he'll fix it for me. <laughs> it's tough. It's tough. Mm-hmm. I, I, can, I can help in those situations. But if someone gives me you know, 10, 15, 20 years, there's just so much more that can be done. It's so mm-hmm. much easier too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Alex, thank you so much for being on the show. I look forward to having another chat maybe in a year or two and see how things are going and uh, see what you're up to. Thank you. Oh, thank you again for inviting me. This is great. Mm -hmm.